Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. And these are the days that we're in right now. It is when the body of Christ, uh, we are in the position to mourn for his presence, to long for him. Because when Jesus comes on the scene, everything that is wrong, he will make right. What is tormenting you, he will cast out. What is bothering you, he will deal with. The Lord will cause you to have tremendous victory as his presence comes on the scene. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. Mark. And uh, we're going to continue there. Mark 9th chapter. He saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him and he asked the scribes what question ye with them and one of the multitude answered and said master I have brought unto thee my son which hath a dumb spirit and wheresoever he taketh him he teareth him and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth and pineth away and I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered, rather, 19, he answereth him, and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came upon him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Now make a special note or underline the word unbelief there. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind, say kind, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Today, we really want to speak from the subject of snap out of it turn to your neighbor and tell him we got to snap out of this 
We're going to see a parallel scripture or the same account of this and also in Luke, the ninth chapter, Luke 9, Luke 9. And uh, if you can go with me today, you can receive the rich word of the Lord that the Lord has designated for you to have today. We thank God for his prophetic word that he gives to his people today. In Luke 9, verse 37. Now, let me read just a little bit here. Luke 9, verse 37, and it says, And it came to pass that on the next day, when they were come down from the mountain, much people met him. And behold, a man of the company cried out, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is mine only son. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and suddenly he crieth out, and it tarrieth him, and he foameth again, and bruising him hardly departed from him and i besought thy disciples to cast him out and they could not now same scenario right same picture isn't that true we're going to see um some wonderful things today in the word of god and i pray that your heart is open and receptive to hear what god has to say to you but let's pray father we thank you in jesus name for this day and this time this opportunity that you've given us to surround your word lord we do pray that you would speak to us uh through your holy spirit that your spirit would be our teacher lord we pray for that anointing that would make preaching and teaching easy and we lean upon your grace today to hear your word and also to apply it to our lives lead us in the way that we should go in jesus name let every heart say amen now i want you to notice a few things here notice how the lord jesus comes back to this scene the scene is that his the disciples were powerless to handle this kind the bible says this kind of demon now the disciples represents the church are you with me jesus has gone away into the mount he has ascended into the mountain with peter james and john and the disciples are in the valley waiting on the return of the lord so it is the church these nine disciples that are waiting upon the lord's return now while they are waiting on the lord's return they come up against a problem they come up against a situation here is a different kind of spirit and this kind of spirit they have not been able to cast out now they have had victory over these spirits before over these problems or situations in the past but they have not been able to uh, get victory over this kind now if we look again here in the book of Luke the ninth chapter Verse number one, it says, then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So the disciples had already been trained. They had been empowered. They had been uh, encouraged or enriched of the Lord Jesus Christ. They had been anointed to do a certain work. However, when they came to this kind of spirit or when they came to this kind or another kind of problem or situation, they were powerless to move on it. 
They were powerless. And it is Jesus that comes back to the scene. He comes back to the scene of a powerless church that uh, is not able to effect a change in this in this man's life. Now, I want you to see how the Lord responds to this. He comes back on the scene. Go back over to uh, Luke 9 and let's look at verse number 40. The gentleman says to the disciples, or rather he says to the Lord about the disciples, I brought my son, I brought this situation, I brought this hardness to your disciples. I brought this to the church and the church could not help me. I brought my son that is possessed with the devil. I brought my son that is a wild child to the church, to your preachers, and they could not help me. I brought my son to the ones who say they have a relationship with you. I brought my son to those that say that they talk to you on a daily basis. I brought my problem to those that say that they walk with you and they could not help me with this situation. And this is cause for alarm. Hear me, saints of God, because this gives a prophetic picture of an end time church. That is powerless to effect a change against a certain kind of spirit or certain kind of problem. Powerless to move against it. Now the Bible tells us why they are powerless. And it also tells us how they became powerless in this scripture. And so I pray that you're hearing me. Because as I told you before, there is another kind of spirit that has been released in this earth realm that is trying desperately to keep you down, to keep you, uh, rather to suffocate you, to suffocate you mentally and emotionally and financially. It wants its best to stop you uh, from moving ahead. And it threatens you on a daily basis in times past. Uh, we have prayed against these certain things, these hard times of situations, and it moved. We've had success in the past, and the, and the disciples had success in the past. Jesus gave them authority, and they came back, uh, and you can see this in other Gospels, they came back, and they told the Lord, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. We have had great victory. We have had great victory over these devils and demons and situations. We have had great victory. Hallelujah. We have seen great things happen. But when they came up against this kind of spirit, were what worked for them in the past was not working for them now. And Jesus not only tells us why, but he also tells us what. And as we examine this scripture, you'll also have victory in your own lives. Because there are some things in your life that has been tormenting to you. You've tried to get it to move. You've spoken to it as a mountain and you've said, be moved. You've tried to throw money at it. You've tried to, to yell at it. You've tried to scream at it. You've tried to cast it out. You've tried to deal with it, but it just won't go anywhere. Uh, we've even tried to hustle to make some money to handle these things, but it just won't go anywhere. It seems to be immovable. But Jesus says here again that there is another kind of spirit that is released in the earth. This is why in the past some, some may have lost a job one day and go out the next day and can get a job. You can find money. But why can't you find it now? 
Why is it so difficult to find a job now? Or say it's the economy. No, it's not the economy. It is a spirit that has been released to hold you and your family and everything about you down to keep you to the ground to make you feel as though you are ineffective and uh, that God is not with you any longer. Hear me. It, it makes you want to doubt even the power and presence of God in your own life. Now, as we look at this text of scripture, the Lord Jesus will walk us through this by the power of his spirit. And we're going to have victory today. And we're going to walk out of this place having victory. You see, the day is over for us just to come into a church building and shout and yell or listen to someone with a microphone spit over it. Or pretty people sing or pretty, pretty choirs and all that stuff. All that stuff is past. I thank God for it. But a good song can't help me when I got to pay a bill. A good song can't help me when I'm having trouble with my children or when I need to get a job. I need to know what, what is God saying to me and how can I get out of this fix? Are you with me today? So we need to hear God with a hearing ear. We need to tune ourselves into him to find answers that we need in our lives. Hallelujah. Now notice when this man came to Jesus, he spoke this out in the crowd. He made himself vulnerable. And how does Jesus respond to him? Now, this father seems to be frustrated. And we talked a little bit about this before on last week from the message entitled Man Up. This father seems to be frustrated. He's aggravated. He's trying to get this spirit out. He's trying to get this problem out of his home. Now, here again, as, as we told you before, many of the things that we are encountering in our lives today are some of it are is or rather is a result of just our making bad decisions. We got into this fix because we made some bad decisions. We made some bad judgments. Amen. Some things happen because other people do something to us. And remember this, even as it is in Matthew 16, 18 on our scripture for the church, our church scripture. It says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. When you think about the gates of hell, I don't want you to think about bars or some type of arm, some type of iron gate. Because listen, the devil always works through somebody. If you say that you've been through hell in your life, you can always trace that hell back to somebody who put you through that. Are you hearing me? So when the scripture talks about the gates of hell not prevailing against you, it's talking about the influence, the devil's influence against somebody coming against you. Whether they, this person has hauled you into court or, or whether they are uh, scandalizing your name, telling lies about you and all this other stuff is coming up against you. Uh, so when the scripture says the gates won't prevail, he's talking about that person and, and that person that the devil is using. God's going to stop them, hold them at bay and that will not have victory over you by the same token uh, as the scripture says in the book of Malachi that the Lord will open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not have room enough to receive think not that the Lord is going to open up a double pane window up in the sky uh, and pour out something to you understand something it's the devil that uses people but understand god also uses people 
And when we render our tithe before the Lord, the Bible says that God will open you the windows of heaven. You need to read that again. He said he'll open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Are you with me? So a blessing will come through you that will affect the change in the lives of other people. So when we give our tithes, we qualify ourselves or we we give God the right, so to speak, to pour out a blessing through our hands to someone else. God uses somebody to bless you. The Bible declares that in, in Luke, the sixth chapter, verse 38, it says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall God cause men to give into your bosom? It is God that uses people to give to you. No money won't rain down from heaven. Unless maybe there's a drug deal that happened way up somewhere and somebody knocked the money out the plane. No, God is not a counterfeiter. He'll always use somebody to bless you. He'll always use somebody to bless you. And a lot of times the blessing is sitting right next to you. This is one reason why the Lord tells us to treat our brothers and sisters right. Treat our our fellow man right because you don't know that they may have uh, something that may bless you. Someone said, well, if God told them to bless me, they'll do it. They won't resist God. But don't you know you can make it harder for people to give to you? You can make it real hard to give. God may tell me to give to you, but you're the nastiest thing on the planet. You can make it hard. I'm going to obey God, but I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him for a long time first. You want me to do what, God? You want me to do what? With him? You what? With her? What, God? Nest they are? What? See, you're going to cause me to go back in prayer and meditation and seeking God. And meanwhile, you're needing the money. You're needing this or that or the other. And I have your answer, but it's being held up because of your bad character. Somebody's got to be listening in here. So God will always use somebody to bless you. Now, keep this in mind as well. Keep this in mind that um, we can't do anything truly fruitful without God. And God won't really do things in the earth without us. Now, there are some things the Lord will do without us. You know, of course, the rapture and all these other things that would take place without. He doesn't need us to do it. But there are some things that he will do in other people's lives that will involve you. That will involve involve a kind word from you, a gesture. It could be a smile. It could be a hug. He will use you to do some things. Are you with me? But let's go back to the Lord's response here. Now, this man comes to the Lord and he is frustrated. He's aggravated. And it would seem to be that the Lord's response should be, okay, let me handle this for you. But that is not the Lord's response. How does the Lord Jesus respond? He says here in verse 41, and Jesus answering said, now here again, the man is upset. He's frustrated. He's aggravated. He's been trying to get this problem moved out of his home. Now, I want you to think for a moment, what has been plaguing you in your home? What has been plaguing your life? What has been tormenting you? 
One of you asked others to help you or even asked others to pray for you about that would not move and that has not moved. Is there a habit? Is there an addiction? Uh, is there a sickness or, or, or an illness? Is there a money situation? Uh, is there a relational situation? What has been tormenting you that will not move, that has not moved in your life, no matter how much prayer you put on it? Now, this man has had nine preachers, nine disciples of Jesus. Now, these, were, these weren't fake preachers. Some of you know what I'm talking about. These weren't these fake preachers that just went. These were ones that were handpicked by Christ. And he's had nine handpicked anointed of Jesus that truly walk with Jesus, that truly talk with Jesus. Some say they do, but they're not. They don't. But these truly walk, truly talk, truly touch Jesus, ate with Jesus. Are you with me? They heard his voice. This man had nine of those preachers to lay hands on his son and it still didn't move. Hallelujah. What have you been seeking God about that will not move, that has not moved? Now, this man comes to Jesus with his problem. I'm not sure what yours is, but he comes to Jesus with his. And how does Jesus respond to him? Jesus says, O faithless and perverse generation, how long will, how long shall I suffer you? Rather, how long will I be with you and suffer you? Bring thy son hither. Bring him to me. Jesus says, thou faithless and perverse generation. Now, here we're getting into some of the answer that we've been looking for. Because some of you really want deliverance in your lives. You really want deliverance in your home. And here is the answer that Jesus provides. It seems as though the Lord is frustrated here. It seems as though he's angry. But no, he's not angry. Uh, but we can do here an air of frustration. And remember, frustration only occurs when you care about something or someone. You're frustrated because you care. If you didn't care, you wouldn't be frustrated. You see something should move or something should have changed by now and it hasn't. And it brought you frustration. So the Lord says, oh, faithless, oh, faithless, faithless means, of course, to be without faith or uh, un it means unbelieving. It means also without trust in God, without trusting God. So the Lord marks this generation, this generation where all this stuff is happening. Hear me, there are several characteristics. One church is powerless in this generation. And what about this generation? Jesus said, this generation has no trust in God. They are faithless. Listen to that. They are faithless. Say faithless. faithless. Meaning they have no trust in God. He says, they also calls them perverse. Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Perverse means to distort or turn aside. It means to... Uh, plot against or to simply uh, to turn aside from the right path to to turn us to turn aside from the right path listen he says oh faithless faithless meaning without faith no trust in God 
perverse. You have turned from the right way. Now, who was Jesus talking to? Is he talking to the Romans? Is he talking to the uh, other nations? No, the Bible clearly says that he came to his own and his own received him not. Jesus is speaking to his own people. And he says to his own people, you don't trust God. You are faithless. He says to his own people, you are perverse. You have turned away from the right path. Hear me. Now, who is he talking to in particular in this case? The father comes to Jesus in this text and says, I have a problem. And he makes a statement against the father and to the entire generation, the company of people that are surrounding them. He's saying to the father, you don't have faith in God. You're faithless. He's saying to the father and to the generation, you have turned aside from God. You have left the right path. He says, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Now listen to the language there. The language there would indicate that this thing came upon this father. This demon got inside the house. This problem, this situation manifested. This place of torment came because he no longer trusted in God. This came because he had left the path that God had chosen for him. Understand something, saints of God. When we leave the right path, when we, when we leave the old landmark, as the Bible declares, when we leave our faith and trust in God, we leave ourselves open for the devil to come in. We make it possible for the enemy to come. This enemy that was so strong came in because he, this father, did not have trust in God. The Lord Jesus said, oh, faithless generation. And this father had left uh, the right path. Think about yourself. If there is, in fact, a situation that will not move in your life, it is because in some area or arena, you have lost faith in God. Or, or and, you have left the right path. You have left the path that the Lord has set for you. And when you do that, it is not God that brings stuff on us. People say, well, God is teaching me. God is punishing me. And he's brought this stuff on me. No, he didn't. It is us that have left the door open for the enemy to come in. And we're going to have to repent and snap out of this thing and turn our hearts back toward the Lord. Are you with me in this place? So the Lord says, we, this man or this generation, and surely this is a, a picture of this end time generation right now. There are so many people that have lost faith and trust in God. There are so many people that have left the right path. There are so many people in church that have lost faith in God that say they believe, but their actions do not line up with what they say. That's why a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go to church because there are a bunch of hypocrites in there. And you say, yeah, that's right. And if you come, there'll be one more, won't it? 
No, a church is not, the church is not the place for those that are well. The church is the place for those that need help. I came to church because I need some help. I need the power and presence of God to be revealed in my life. Hallelujah. And if you ever come to church and you say, well, I, I, I'm okay. I don't need it. So, you know, something's wrong with you. Now, let's look a little bit further in the scripture. Now, looking at Luke 9, 41 in the Amplified Bible, it reads like this. Jesus answered, O faithless ones, unbelieving and without trust in God, a perverse, wayward, crooked, and warped generation, until when and how long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son to me. Bring him to me. Bring your situation to me. This is God's bailout plan. This man here. Now, this also shows the mercy of God. This man, the Lord said, you don't have faith in the Lord. You don't have faith and you've turned away. But still the Lord says, bring him to me. Look at the mercy of God. You don't have faith. You've turned away from God. You've gotten yourself in a situation if he brought this situation just to a man, they would say, well, hey, you made your own bed. You might as well lie in it. You might as well do it. But Jesus says, bring the situation to me. Look at the mercy and the love of God. Look at what he's saying to us. Now let's look a little bit further here. Now, we're gonna, I'm going to show you this one point here, and then we're really going to begin to close out shortly. The Lord Jesus says, O faithless and perverse generation faithless perverse now the amplified bible to translate that is unbelieving unbelieving now i love that because if you look back uh if you look back actually in the book of matthew you can go ahead and turn to it matthew the 17th chapter matthew 17 and this is the, the exact same account matthew 17 and let's look at verse number 20. Are you there? The Lord says, now this is the same account. And the, he's come back and he has cast these devils out. And, and the Lord Jesus, rather the disciples asked the Lord, why couldn't we cast him out? And the Lord says here, and Jesus said unto them, because of your what? Because of your what? Because of your what? Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye uh, have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Notice something. Notice something. Now, we go back. Uh, let's look at the book of Mark. Go back to Mark. Now, why did Jesus say in that context that the spirit wouldn't move? Because of their what? Because of their what? Because of their unbelief. Now, go back to Mark. Mark 9. Mark 9. And let's look at verse number 23. Are you there? Mark 9, verse 23. And it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. What? Help thou mine what? 
unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. What did Jesus say again in Matthew 17, verse 20? What was the reason why he said the spirit wouldn't move? Because of their what? Because of their unbelief. Here's an epidemic in this generation of unbelief. Now, when we are targets or victims of unbelief, nothing will happen. Jesus said in Matthew 13, you don't have to get it. Matthew 13, 58, when he went back to his own hometown, the Bible says that he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief. In, verse, uh, in Mark 6, verse 6, the Lord marvels because of people's unbelief. And in Hebrews, the third chapter, verse 12, it says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in you, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Unbelief is bad. Now, what does unbelief mean? And this we're going to we, we, we're tying a nice little bow around this. If you can still go with me today. Are y'all still with me today? Are you still with me? Unbelief. Think of this word as uh, a child with tennis shoes on. You see them in their, sh- in their shoelaces are not tied. You yell to them, hey, your shoe is, is untied. Meaning that it was tied before, but it's not tied now. Unbelief meaning you had faith before. But you don't have faith now. You were believing before, but you stopped believing, and so you don't believe now. You have unbelieved something. As we said before, the disciples, the Lord Jesus gave them power and authority over devils and demons. They believed. But once they came in contact with this kind of spirit... This spirit put on a show, the same show that he put on before the Lord Jesus. Uh, when the spirit saw the Lord Jesus, it fell, it dropped the boy to the ground and the boy started foaming at the mouth and it started rolling over. What's it doing? That spirit is trying to flex his muscles, trying to tell the disciples what you have is not strong enough to move me out of the way. And this is the thing that calls the disciples to unbelieve and this is what causes us to unbelieve you believe that God would take care of you will supply your needs until that spirit flexes muscles and you get a bill in the mail or the car breaks down or this causes you money or this pain in your body hits all that devil is trying to do is to try to convince you that what you're doing is not working But in fact, it is working and he is threatened by it. That's why he's putting up such a big stink because he's trying to get your mind off focus of what Jesus has already told you about what you offer, what you've already learned. He's trying to get you distracted. He's saying, don't look at what you've learned. Don't listen to what Jesus is saying. Don't listen to that preacher. Don't go to the church. Remember, you gave your life to Lord before and it didn't take 
take, nothing happened, the situation still remained, and now that person is even more violent, they're even more nasty, things even more, uh, more worse. What's that devil doing? Flexing his muscles, rolling around the ground, foaming and waddling, trying to show you that what you have is not working when in fact it is working. It is the power of God that is working in your life. It is working. When Peter walked on the water with the Lord, the Lord Jesus was walking on the water and he told Peter, come. And Peter began to step out on the water. That word is working. But when Peter saw that devil flex his muscles, when he saw the wind blowing and and the sea and the waves and all that, he began to unbelieve what he had believed earlier and he began to to sink Jesus are you with me the Lord the the, the disciples asked Jesus why couldn't we cast this devil out simply because you stopped believing what you had already believed before the Lord told the father the father the Lord Jesus told the father he said if you can believe all things are possible if you believe he said Lord I believe but help me I'm having a I'm having problems unbelieving I'm having problems leaving because I'm leaving. I find myself leaving what I, what was so strong, what what I, what I was standing on for such a long time. I'm leaving the old landmark. And Jesus says, he deals with the problem. Come out. He dealt with the situation, but not before the father was faced with the answer to his problem. Why won't it go? Because you stopped believing in what you believed on before. So many people, they did tithe, but then they saw the enemy, they saw the bills, they saw this, they saw that, they saw the waves, they saw this, saw that, and they unbelieved. I believe God will heal me, but then they saw the test results, they saw the x-ray, they saw the blood workup, and then they unbelieved. How have you unbelieved God? If you find that out, when you seek the Lord for that, In finding that out will reveal how this thing will move. But we as a church, as the body of Christ, have to snap out of it. You have to snap out of it because understand, in this generation, that spirit, that kind of spirit was so powerful that it not only got in the father's heart to begin to unbelieve what he had learned, it also creeped its way into the church, creeped its way into the hearts of those that believe Jesus, of those that walk with the Lord. And the Lord said, I see this thing in your heart. This is why you can't get this to move, because you have unbelieved you've allowed the situation to work its way into your heart and you began to doubt what i said to you and you lost power and he said how be it if you want this thing to move when you're feeling this unbelief come up begin to fast begin to pray because your fasting and prayer will generate a stronger kind of faith that that spirit will not be able to have victory over Are you hearing what's being said? Through fasting and through prayer, it will generate the type of victory that we need. Now, in my closing, as we fast and pray before the Lord. Now, we know that the disciples did not fast. They did not fast while the Lord was there. We see a good example of this. You can turn to it in um, Matthew 9. 
Let's go to let's go to it. This will be our last scripture for today. I want to get this in your hearing. In Matthew 9. The Lord, the disciples asked the Lord, why couldn't we get this out? He said, because we're unbelief. And if you fast or when you fast and pray, this spirit, this situation, this problem will no longer torment you. You'll have power over it. How many of you want power over the thing that has been tormenting you? First, we must realize our point of unbelief. How have I unbelieved God? How have I stopped? What have I stopped believing? How have I left him? What have or how have have I backslid in my belief? You know, we can still come to church and be backslidden. Are you with me? Yeah. Matthew 9 verse 15 well let me go ahead and get it myself praise the Lord shout victory uh uh shout victory Victory. alright look at verse 14 then came to him the disciples of John saying why do we and the Pharisees fast oft or fast often But thy disciples fast not. Here again, the disciples were not fasting. And Jesus said to them in verse 15, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. The bridegroom is is Jesus. The bridegroom or the bride's groom is Jesus. Jesus is the groom. Who is the bride? It is the church. We are the church. Are you with me? We are the bride. The Lord says, will the church or will the bride fast or, or can the people really attending that are attending the marriage ceremony, can they fast while the bridegroom is still with them? No. There's not a time of mourning. The bridegroom is there. The wedding is on. There's not a time of mourning or of sadness, but they will mourn once he is taken from them. They will fast once he is taken from them. Now notice how the Lord equates mourning or a sadness or a longing for. He equates that with fasting. Fasting is a mourning for, it is a longing for his presence. The disciples weren't mourning for his presence. He was there. Are you with me? You don't mourn for someone. I recently went out of town uh, to Destiny, Florida. And while I was out of town uh, with, um, with the bishop and the other pastors, I was mourning for my wife, mourning for my family. Are you with me? I missed y'all too. Are you with me? But I mourned for my wife. I wanted to see her. I wanted to see my children as they got further on in the week. I longed to see them. Hallelujah. Some things a telephone just won't do. Hallelujah. Or a text message won't do. And the Lord said, the days will come when I am taken away 
and then they will fast. Then they will long for my presence. Then they will mourn for me. Then they will long to see me. They will long for my embrace. And these are the days that we're in right now. It is when the body of Christ, uh, we are in the position to mourn for his presence, to long for him. Because when Jesus comes on the scene, everything that is wrong, he will make right. What is tormenting you, he will cast out. What is bothering you, he will deal with. The Lord will cause you to have tremendous victory as his presence comes on the scene. And as we fast, we're not just fasting for uh, uh, some more money or fasting for this or that. All of that is fine and well. But the thing we need to really fast for, for uh, from our core, is to is for His manifest presence in our lives. We need Him. We need the power and presence of His Holy Spirit. What this generation needs to see is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God, because there are many false prophets that have arisen in the land, and they are deceiving many. And that doctrine of unbelief where many had believed God but now they have unbelieved it and they have turned away from the Lord's doctrine from the doctrine of the scripture from the teaching of Jesus Christ they are turning away from it to another path they have started preaching inclusion as my wife mentioned earlier inclusion which means that as long as you are faithful to your God no matter what God that is you'll get up into heaven everybody is included that's the gospel of inclusion but Jesus never preached that the Bible declares that there is no other name given among men in heaven or in earth whereby they must be saved other than the name of Jesus it is Jesus Christ and through him alone that we have salvation and freedom from our sins but the church has unbelieved and now it's time for us to believe again to be restored to God now to yearn for his power and his presence and see God's anointing reign supreme in our lives. Yes, there is a difference and this world has to see the difference. But how are they going to see it except God work through you? Let's begin to long for his presence, to yearn for his presence. And in doing that, we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders, and people turning their hearts toward the Lord. They're going to see the genuine church of Jesus Christ, and they're going to see the pretending church. I pray today that, today that you've heard the word of God. If you have, then give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We are done in Jesus' name. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.